Hello to everyone listening and welcome to the third episode of RegTech Live with Clause Match. The aim of these sessions is to provide you with a 10 minute live discussion around technology and compliance, speaking with the leading industry experts every Thursday lunchtime. Today, I'm joined by John Moffitt, a seasoned compliance expert in the insurance industry. John, thank you for joining us. Would you mind giving us a quick introduction? Yeah, hello, Freddie. Thanks very much. Um, so I'm John Moffat. I've worked in the Lloyds market for 35 odd years, and I'm currently a senior compliance advisor at Atrium Underwriting Limited, which is a Lloyds managing agent. And I'm also director of Implement Compliance Solutions and Resources Limited, which is a third party consultancy firm uh, helping people with their regulatory issues. Great. Thanks, John. So when thinking about various financial industries um, that have been impacted by some of the recent changes, the one industry that I'm most fascinated by is insurance. Um, the reason is because of all of my experiences of working with individuals at Lloyd's or various uh, members, be it syndicates or brokers, it has been made very clear how face-to-face -face relationships are an integral part of the business as well as industries, um, the industry's culture and tradition. What have been some of the standout observations and insights for you since these drastic changes? Well, it is very interesting because Lloyd's has resisted electronic placing for many years um, and has slowly moved into um, e-placing of contracts in the last year, 18 months, but with some reticence and yes, its whole reason for being is that face-to-face -face trading underwriting room. And it was very sad to see um, a short video that was put up on LinkedIn of them ringing the looting bell in an empty room as it was announced it was shutting for the first time ever in its 330-year history. It even traded every day through the Second World War. So now we're forced by circumstances to adopt those more flexible working practices that maybe people have been resisting. And it's interesting to see how different firms have engaged with that in different ways. Some have leapt at the opportunities and others continue to be somewhat more reticent. And that is, it's very telling. No, I mean, your thoughts um, completely resonate with the same the way I'm thinking of it um, the one of the ways I'm looking at at it is how do you replicate um, a Lloyd's market interaction or uh, a conversation um, uh, down at a Leadenhall pub uh, with a zoom zoom conference call what do you think is being put in place and how can it be still made effective business well I do think that's one of the areas the what I'm going to call the soft skills aspect of this it it might be very simple to uh, receive a PDF of a contract, electronically sign it and submit it back again. But how do you build relationships, get to know people? How do you um, just keep open lines of communication? It's actually something that's got to be worked at quite differently with these remote working circumstances. I mean, we're sitting here on a Zoom call and that's working absolutely fine I think we broke up bro um, there was a bit of lag there but um, I think I got most of what you said um, okay. 
Um, in terms of the whole working from home model, um, it completely goes against the grain of the traditional insurance um, institutions, you know, everyone working under the same uh, roof. Mm -hmm. How do you think this distributed um, working model is affecting the way in which people are managed? Well, again, that's something I've been sort of contemplating. And I think it comes back to what the FCA talks about a lot, the culture of a firm. And the culture of a firm is not just about the way that the firm wants to represent itself to its customers, but the way it acts internally with its own staff. And that's all to me about trust and empowerment. Devolved working, and let's try and get rid of the negativity of working from home, but that devolved working concept only truly works if the people that you devolve to are empowered to act. So it's the companies that have embraced that that I think are, are seeing the ability to trade in this environment. No, I completely agree. Do you think, though, these realistically short-term changes will have more significant long-term impacts on the industry? That, to me, is very telling. It's what happens once this is all over. Right. You know, a couple of months ago, nobody had ever foreseen this possibility. You know, in a couple of months' time, hopefully, we're through this and returning to a level of normality. Will people want to return to what they had before? Those that have been given the ability to act through empowerment, will they want to give that up and return to a more rigid hierarchical office structure? Those that have enjoyed working flexibly, will they want to get on the 752 to London Bridge in a suit on a hot, sweaty day and pound the pavements? Or will they want to sit at home in a polo shirt and carry on doing the day's work? So I think firms, again, will have to listen very clearly to the messaging coming back to them as we roll out of this situation. And who do you think this, the, the devolved and distributed way of working, will actually um, add the most value to in a business? Will it be the... Uh, graduates coming into a business or will it be the more senior stakeholders? It's hard to guess. I, I had assumed, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm of a certain age <laughs> and, and you're at the other end of the spectrum. And I was recently doing some training for a, a, a broking company for their graduate trainee scheme. I had half a dozen, what I'm going to refer to as millennials in the room, young graduate students, and I was saying to them, so you've arrived in the city at a great time when we're all doing this agile working, working more flexibly, you know, you're being given greater autonomy. That must be really good because I bet that suits what you want to do with your lifestyle. And they said, actually, we see it as a detriment because the people that flexible working and thing and remote working appeals to are the old guys like me who've done their time yeah. and are tired and just want to sit at home. So the grads are turning up to an empty office where there is nobody to pass on the knowledge. So as a young person coming into a business, how do you learn? How do you acquire knowledge? How do you assimilate the ways of working of that particular business if there's nobody there to guide you? So again, I think that firms, if they're going to be more of a devolved working atmosphere, they've got to think about how again they replicate that structure is there a degree of knowledge transfer 
Um, at, at Atrium, they've got a very nice scheme called the Knowledge Exchange, and we're paired up. So I'm mentoring a young lady who's just started in the business. And the topic of conversation once a month is just for me to hear her views of the world and for me to pass on some of my knowledge to her. And it's not, I'm not her line manager, I'm nothing mm. to do with her department, but they just want people in the business to transfer knowledge one to the other. And I think that's great. No, I completely agree. I think it's really important. My personal view is that um, knowledge sharing uh, is integral uh, to businesses who take on a distributed business model, but I think it's uh, their processes and the technology that is adopted is really important to be able to carry on enabling that knowledge sharing. Um, obviously, you're aware of some of the recent changes in the insurance industry with um, programs like the Future of Lloyds. Do you think the current situation we're in is going to be a, a stimulus for putting uh, the whiteboard theory of uh, the Future of Lloyds into practice or at least speed up this digital transformation? I certainly think firms should think in that sort of way mm. um, to recognize at the moment we're all coping, but this has been seen as a negative environment. We are forced to work from home because of circumstances. What about if we look at it from the positive point of view of what opportunities does this actually reveal to us? And I wonder whether when we look back in a few years time, this period isn't a catalyst for more accelerated change than we would have otherwise achieved. So yeah, I think people should be looking at that new way of working and perhaps factoring in some of the lessons learned from this period. No, I think that's a great insight and a great way of looking at it. I think maybe to summarize this discussion, I think the current situation, fortune will probably favour the bold. So the businesses that decide to be bold with adopting different ways of working um, and managing their employees or implementing new technologies, which allows people to collaborate from different parts mm. of the world or uh, from their homes is going to put them in a more favourable position. While I guess organisations that maybe sit and wait are putting themselves at maybe a further detriment. But as you know, these are uncertain times, so there is uncertainty even with having that view. I agree with you, and I think one of the things that we should maybe start thinking of now is what will happen when we return to work. Uh, most of us operate under a 12-month business or de departmental plan. Are we going to stretch that out over an 18-month period? A bit like the Tokyo Olympics, it'll still be the 2020 Olympics, but it'll happen in a year's time. So do we just carry on with this year's plan, but with a stalled start? Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing when you, you look at some of the uh, pronouncements from the FCA, who are issuing letters to insurers, telling them that they should be more considerate of their customer base at this time, give them time to pay. Don't expect, you know, immediate turnaround of complaints against a denied claim. That's what they be a bit more generous where you can. If your culture of your business is set right, you shouldn't need to be told those things because you should be doing 
business the way you would expect to be received as a customer. So again, I think people should look at this and see what lessons they've learned from operating differently and see if that gives them any form of commercial differentiation as we go back into the real world, if it is. And is this in fact the new normal? Exactly. Is this the new normal? Um, will we all carry on working from home um, in the near future? These are all questions that I think everyone has. It has been really, really um, good speaking with you today, John, and thank you for everyone that has listened. Um, feel free to anyone listening to join us uh, next Thursday, where we'll be speaking around similar topics with um, other experts in the industry. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>